Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. It's time for the Gun Guy TV Podcast. Hi, this is Joel Persinger. I'm the Gun Guy. Thank you very much for all of your support for Gun Guy TV, uh, both the video version and the podcast, audio podcast version. I am extremely grateful. Now, this podcast is one hour long, the first half an hour of which is available syndicated for free on all of your favorite podcast players. And we also post a video version on the various video distribution places such as YouTube. The second half an hour is available only on Patreon, so you have to become a Patreon patron of Gun Guy TV in order to get to that, so I encourage you to do that. You will find a link to our Patreon page in the description of this podcast, and if you can't find it there, all you have to do is go to Patreon and then search for Gun Guy TV, and you can become a fellow Patreon patron. You can hear the whole podcast as well as some other things, posts that we do that are exclusive, the video podcast I do twice a month that is exclusive in which I do some training videos and that kind of stuff and commentary videos on self-defense subjects. You can find all of that on Patreon. All right, now let's get started with the subject at hand, and that is the, well, for lack of a better description, I'm going to say the change I'm seeing in the way people talk about things. For example, we have Beto, Beto, whatever his name is, O'Rourke, who's been running around the country saying, we're going to confiscate your AR-15s. Yes, I believe in confiscation. We're taking away the AR-15s. And uh, when asked, are you going to send the cops door to door? No, I think people will just obey the law and turn them in. Yeah, well, fat chance. <laughs> That's not going to happen. You know, for decades, gun owners have been saying, come and take it, and made a flag that says, come and take it for a reason, Mr. Beto. So... I don't think if you go, uh, if you want AR-15s turned in, that they're going to just do it. I think you'll have to go door to door and send cops door to door to do that. Of course, he doesn't want to face that fact because he's ignorant. He has no idea. But in any case, the fact that he's willing to honestly come out and testify in public to what the left, anti-gun, political left, uh, what their whole agenda has been forever. Since Dianne Feinstein once said, Mr. and Mrs. America, turn them all in. This guy is just being very real about it and very honest about it, and he's coming out and saying, yeah, this is, a, this is the goal. This is the goal of the left. This is the goal of the anti-Constitution, anti-gun, anti-American progressive left, and that is to control every aspect of your life. we got a politician in California named Yang now who's talking about the government having to change the diets of Americans in order to save the uh, the planet. So not only does, do they want to take the guns away and your rights away, they want to control every aspect of your life right down to what you eat or what you're allowed to eat. Because if you don't eat the right things, maybe you'll be like cows and fart too much and you'll destroy the planet. I have no idea what his thinking is where that's concerned. But the fact that these folks are becoming more and more open about what they truly feel and truly think is right, I think is awesome. Because now we can point at it and say, see, I told you so. Now, the interesting thing about that, too, in my mind, is that not only is it happening on the extreme liberal left, anti-gun, anti-American side, but by virtue of the fact that those folks are now being more honest and more open and more overt and more plain speaking about what they actually uh, believe rather than trying to get cover all the time or sneak it past you, what's happening is now the right, 
for you know, I hate to define them as left and right, but now the folks that have a desire to protect the Second Amendment, have a desire to protect the Bill of Rights, they're feeling comfortable about getting out and speaking very, very clearly about what they believe and speaking clearly in a way I have not heard politicians mention regularly in quite some time. Very recently, there was a press conference held by some House members about the Second Amendment. There were several that spoke, and if you wanted to sit through the whole thing, you can. I'll put a link in the description so that you can look at it, uh, if I can find it again, and you can watch the whole press conference. I found the entire thing to be very interesting, but I, I pulled out sound bites from Representative Andy Biggs and Representative Chip Roy, and precisely because both of them mentioned specifically the American people's right to defend themselves against tyranny and a tyrannical government. I, I was stunned to hear these federal politicians in Congress actually say that in the public forum, and not just one of them, but two. Well, here's the first one. Here's Andy Biggs. It's really an honor to be with you today and talk about one of our God-given rights, the founders of this country established and recognized, they didn't establish, but they recognized the Second Amendment and the Bill of Rights. And what they said basically is, you have a right to defend yourself against wrongdoers and also against a tyrannical government. That's what the Second Amendment was about. You know what drives the evil and the mass killings that we see from time to time in this country? It isn't the instrumentality. It is evil in the hearts of somebody. And that evil is allowed to corrupt and corrode because we are attacking persistently the institutions which are designed and recognized by the founders and by the framers and until, until 60, 70 years ago were respected throughout this country. I'm talking religious institutions, I'm talking familial institutions, I'm talking the family and churches. If you want to see a renaissance of a period of time where you're not going to see mass shootings. You're not going to see the alienation that comes and that seems to be the cause of some of these, these, evil, these evil acts. You have to acknowledge that the institutions in this country need to be reformed as much as anything else. The Second Amendment deserves to be protected. I deserve to have my rights. Everyone here deserves to have their right to carry and bear an arm. And with that, I'm going to stand with my colleagues who are here today, and there are many more in this body that are going to stand and fight for the Second Amendment. Thank you. Now, Representative Biggs came right out, right out front and said, hey, you know what? This is the right of the American citizen to defend themselves against criminals, but also to defend themselves against a tyrannical government. Now, he goes on to speak about faith-based institutions, churches, and the societal breakdown we're experiencing in, in the United States, and I would argue around the world, which is driving a lot of this violence. And frankly, I believe he's right in that. I think the violence is the symptom. The disease is the uh, societal breakdown, the, the fact that we've removed God from everything and all these other things. Now, you may agree with me or not agree with me, but it's my show, so I get to say that, and so I just did. I'm a devout Christian. I think God needs to be involved in our lives, and if he were, uh, and we stopped excising him from everything, we wouldn't have nearly the problems that we have. But from a Second Amendment perspective, the fact that he busted out the citizens' right to defend themselves against a tyrannical government, I thought was absolutely inspiring. 
So much so that I was even more fired up when Representative Chip Roy from Texas busted out and said the same thing, basically, a couple of minutes later. Here's Representative Roy. Thanks, Shane Bud. Thanks for gathering this group together. I'm glad to be here with everybody up here, particularly my fellow Texan. Um, as a Texan, obviously, we've been dismayed by the tragedies of late in Odessa and El Paso. Our hearts and prayers, yes. Our prayers go out to the families and to the people associated. I was in church, in a Baptist church in Austin, Texas, and the pastor of the church in Odessa, where one of the congregants had uh, been fallen, they called us specifically and asking us to join in prayer. So these communities do want that. They do want that support. Let me just tell you, from the standpoint of a Texan, I can tell you for the people that I represent, and I don't represent the NRA, I don't represent Gun Owners of America, I don't represent any constituency other than the 800,000 plus people that elected me to come here and stand up and defend their rights to defend themselves, to protect themselves against any intruders or people who don't follow the law that might risk them and their families, but also against tyranny, against the size and scope of a government that wants to look at you and tell you that, like a certain Democratic candidate, that they're gonna come take your God-given right to bear arms and defend yourself. This is why the founders gave us this power. It is the last bulwark against tyranny in the world. Everywhere we have seen in the history of mankind, a disarmed population results in tyranny. Tyranny over the mind of man. Tyranny over our liberties. I was a federal prosecutor, a special assistant United States attorney, tasked with going after people who misuse weapons, felons in possession, people using weapons to move narcotics. And I was very proud to prosecute a lot of them, put them behind bars. That's where they should be. Everybody standing up here wants to enforce the law, ensure those who want to do us harm don't have access to weapons that are behind bars. Every single one of us has stood up to do that. But we should not confuse stopping those who are looking to harm us, who have harmed us, who are felons and lawbreakers, with interfering with our God-given rights. This lies at the core of who it is, who we are as a people, as Americans. This is at the core of our founding. It is critical for the future of this country, the future of freedom, that we stand up and defend this core right that is God-given, not man-given through the Second Amendment. And this is the right to be able to defend our families, defend our freedoms, and to be able to stand up in defense of our nation and our liberties. You're listening to the Gun Guy TV podcast. Chip Roy, just like Andy Biggs, is they're both congressmen, they're representatives in the United States House of Representatives. I, you know, I look at the House a lot. And I think the anti-gunners, liberal left, progressive folks—they've got the—they've got the lock on the house because they've got a majority there. But they don't have a super majority there. They do have a majority. But when you start talking about the Second Amendment, what happens a lot is a lot of these folks, particularly the more conservative legislators, tend to walk away from that and say, "No, no, 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 no. My folks back home are not going to appreciate having their firearms rights stripped from them or any of their rights stripped from them. 
I found a few things that Chip Roy said very, very interesting. The fact that he talked about tyrannical government as being one of the things that the Second Amendment provides the citizen the ability and the means to defend against. He also talked about the size and scope of government, and he was very impassioned in all of this. He referred to where the Democrats and where the liberal progressives want to take our government right now. And he said the Second Amendment, this is a quote, it is the last bulwark against tyranny in the world. We are so fortunate as Americans to actually have a constitution in which the framers placed a Second Amendment. Now, I've talked many times on this podcast and elsewhere as to why they did that, so I'll refer you back to those so that I don't have to, uh, you know, drone on and bore you to tears. But the fact is, we have a right to assemble and a right to speak our minds. Those are in the First Amendment. We have a right to defend that right in the Second Amendment. We have a right against the government garrisoning troops in our house or taking over our house to park their own employees in it in the Third Amendment. We have a right against the government unlawfully or unreasonably searching and taking things from us in the Fourth Amendment. We have a right against self-incrimination and some due process rights in the Fifth Amendment. We have a right to legal counsel in the Sixth Amendment and a right to hear and see the people who are accusing us of crimes and have a speedy trial and all those other things in the Sixth Amendment. These are things that the framers put into the Constitution that in other countries you don't find. So we are extremely privileged. Well, privilege is the wrong word. I would say we, we, we are blessed because it's not a privilege. These are rights. We are blessed in that our framers understood what tyranny was. They had to live under it, and then they had to throw it off and getting rid of the English king and tyranny of that king and then develop a new government that was not tyrannical and protect the citizens of that government when it gets to you and I. I need that protection. I need them to provide that protection over 200 years ago to protect me and my family, to protect you. And they did. Beto O'Rourke can run around and talk about you know, uh, taking away AR-15s all he wants to, but the actual process of doing so is a lot more difficult than it is simply to say. Now, these particular government officials, these representatives, were not the only ones to speak out. Senator Kennedy did the same when he was in an interview on Fox News, and I'll let you hear that one here in just a second. As you may or may not know, I do not make a living on this podcast or a living on Gun Guy TV. It doesn't quite pay for itself. It's getting there. At some point it will, and I'll be grateful for that. At the moment, it's a labor of love on my part and my son's part. We're grateful to do it. Where I actually make my living is from practical defense systems. Now, primarily, Practical Defense Systems is a company that provides the required licensing training for security officers in the state of California, because in order to be a security guard in California, you have to have certain licensing training and continuing education, and that's basically what we do. We used to do that live, and then we pushed the majority of it online on demand. So if you're interested in security training, it's a way for you to do that over your with your phone or your tablet or your mobile device or your computer, if you want to, very easily from home. And then you can accomplish all of your licensing training there. 
What's interesting is that since I started Gun Guy TV, I've been getting a lot of requests from people for me to put up video versions of firearms courses, such as basic pistol shooting, basic rifle shooting, and those kind of things, or target shooting, or trap shooting, or any of those kinds of things, along with some more advanced courses as well, because apparently... There are a lot of folks who live in the inner, in cities or live in places where they can't get to a training course, where they can't get to a range as often as they'd like, or they can't find a qualified instructor, or frankly, sometimes they just can't afford to take a live class that is going to give them hands-on training. So they want some basic theoretical training so when they go to the range, they can practice those things with a friend. Well, I've gotten so many requests for that that I'm going to start producing those this next month. It's going to take several months to do, but I'll let you know when they're ready to go so you can check those courses out on practical defense systems. We're going to price them very reasonably so anybody and everybody can afford to take those courses and get that information. I just wanted to make sure that you were aware of it. Saving the Second Amendment, one episode at a time. This is the Gun Guy TV Podcast. Now, I mentioned Senator Kennedy before I was talking about something else, so I want to make sure that you get a chance to hear what he had to say, which I thought was very, very interesting, because you have the House and you have the Senate. You know, the Senate is a safer place for us right now. It's not, it's not safe, but it's safer. The House is not so safe. That place is full of Looney Tunes, honestly. But there are some folks who are not Looney Tunes, and certainly Representative Andy Biggs and Representative Chip Roy sound like folks who are straight down the middle, pretty straight shooters, and are going to support our Second Amendment. And there were a host of other House members there at that press conference who feel the same. So I think it's going to be difficult for the House to actually pass something that's overly restrictive or maybe pass anything at all because these House members are fighting diligently against it. Then over in the Senate, you have a safer place, but you have some senators who are taking no prisoners as well, one of whom is Senator Kennedy. He had a very interesting interview on Fox News, so I've pulled the soundbite for you. I thought I'd give you a chance to listen to it. Look, there, there are two groups of people behind these bills. There, there's a group of people that I think in good faith honestly believe that uh, further curtailing our Second Amendment rights will enhance public safety. But there's another group that just hates the Second Amendment. And I want to thank uh, Congressman Beto O'Rourke for, for being, uh, being honest. I mean, his honesty was re refreshing. And, 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 by that, and by that, Senator, you're referencing uh, him doubling down on his controversial stance that he's willing to confiscate guns. Here, here's the, well, yeah, the former congressman yes. in his own words. Let's get you to react to this. Here's Beto O'Rourke. Sure. Are you, in fact, in favor of gun confiscation? Yes. When it comes to AR-15s and AK-47s, weapons designed for use on a military battlefield. Senator Kennedy. Uh, I want to thank uh, the, the congressman for being honest, because that I don't I don't agree with him. Beto's copy of the Bill of Rights goes from one to three. Mine, mine includes the Second Amendment. But there are, are a whole host of people here in Washington, D.C., not all of my Democratic friends, but many of my Democratic friends, they don't believe in the Second Amendment. They would be happy to confiscate America's guns. And if you don't, if you don't believe that, then you probably also still believe in Bigfoot. 
I mean, it's a fact, and everybody up here knows it. This was a key statement on Senator Kennedy's part. Uh, there were just some great one-lines, one-liners in here, and I really deeply appreciated them. I loved his thanking Beto O'Rourke for being honest, because if you think that Senator Kennedy and these other pro-Second Amendment conservative leaders don't understand that Beto O'Rourke has just smashed the anti-gun left into pieces by exposing them for what they are, uh, I think you're wrong, and <laughs> so would I be. They do understand that, and this is exactly what Senator Kennedy was pointing out. I loved his statement that Beto's copy of the Bill of Rights goes from one to three, but Senator Kennedy's includes the Second Amendment. These are great things that our leaders are now saying. Now, my hope is that their actions will follow their words, which... Uh, you and I both know is not always the case, but we're going to hope for that. I also want to back up to something that Chip Roy said, because now that we've talked about the fact that this is happening, I want to illustrate to you why I think it's happening. First of all, I think it's happening because the, the progressive left, the anti-American left, has been working for 40 years or more to destroy the United States, to take the United States and turn it into something that it was never meant to be. Now, all of a sudden, we have a president, President Donald Trump, whether you like him personally or not. I, I don't know whether I like him personally or not. I never met the man. But one thing is for certain, he has spent an awful lot of time looking for loose threads in this mosaic that the left has this, this big gigantic change that the left has been working on for 40 years. And he's been pulling every loose thread and watching that whole thing unravel right before his eyes and right before theirs. Now, he's not been perfect about the way he's pulled the threads. Sometimes he's pulled some that needed to be pulled. Sometimes there were others that needed to be pulled, and he didn't pull them. But one thing I have noticed is no matter how frantically they try to sew the thing back together, he keeps jerking on the threads and making it fall apart. And that's what we see in all these court battles that the left keeps dragging him through, which, by the way, he keeps winning for the most part. They just recently had... A, uh, I just saw a story yesterday, I think, in the news saying that this whole thing California is trying to do to require presidential candidates to uh, give their tax returns and uh, up so that they can beat him up about his tax returns or they can't be on the ballot. Well, California lost that in court. It's still in court. It'll be appealed. But in the initial court decision, that was thrown out. So President Trump does not have to release his tax return so the left can try to beat him up for making money, which is all they want to do, really. They just want to beat him up, find ways to beat him up for being a rich guy. He's a rich guy. Who cares? He made a lot of money. Good for him. I hope you do, too. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a good thing if you can be successful. Why is anybody complaining about that? But that's what they want to do. Nevertheless, he won that battle. He was down here in San Diego looking at the wall on the southern border. He's won that battle, and he's building that wall. They keep whining and complaining about it. But at this point, there's really nothing they can do to stop him. The Department of Defense just okayed a whole bunch of new contracts and cleared the way for another hundred and some odd miles of wall to be built, 129, I think, to be built its brand new wall, not replacing the old wall. And so now they've replaced the old wall for the majority of it, and they're now building brand new wall where no wall has existed. 
I'm in Mexico quite frequently. My dentist is in Tijuana. I speak Spanish, and I have friends down there. And so I'm there periodically. We have a church, sister church in Tijuana. And uh, I can tell you that every time I go down there, I marvel at how much construction is being done to secure the border. So he's winning there. He's winning in a lot of areas because he's that guy. No matter what you present to him as an obstacle, he's going to find a way over it, around it, through it, under it. Somehow or other, he's going to get the job done. And I think this comes from his business experience of having to develop large properties. When you're trying to develop land in some large capacity, you have a lot of governmental nonsense to work through. It takes time, it takes years, it takes perseverance, it takes persistence, and it takes an understanding that you can't always get it done the way you thought you were going to get it done to begin with. You have to go work a way around it or find some obscure way to get the job done. He's been doing that for a long time, so now he's the president of the United States, and he's continuing to do the same thing. The left is not winning. And they're freaking out about it. That's the problem. Now, I'm going to talk more about how he's winning, where he's winning, where you and I are winning, and why we should focus on that and be happy we're winning in the second part of the podcast. Because I think as Americans for the last 40 years, we've been, we've been taught and conditioned to get used to losing. We have been taught and conditioned that Americans don't win. We've been taught and conditioned that gun owners don't win. Every time we get a victory in California, rather than celebrating the victory, people will comment to me, send me emails, leave me a voicemail or whatever to remind me that we've lost so much in California that California is utterly lost, that we can never win anything in California. We're never going to win. We could have 10 victories in a row in California, and when we have the 11th one and lose, people are going to complain and tell me that we can't possibly win, there's nothing we can do. And I think that's because we have become so conditioned to losing that we're afraid to win. We don't think it's possible. And when it looks like it's possible, we don't think it will hold. I remind you, if you've ever played football, that in order to move the ball from one end to the other end of the field, you have to move the ball down the yardage. And sometimes you might gain 10 yards, then lose three, then gain six, then lose four, then gain eight, then lose two. But you end up making progress moving down the field. That is what we are doing We're moving the ball, and we're moving it in the right direction. That's what these senators and representatives are seeing, and that's why they're happy to step up and say, I'm with you, we're moving the ball. That's what the left, the progressives, the anti-gunners are seeing, and that's what's scaring them to death, and that's why the likes of Beto O'Rourke are willing to get up and rant and rave and say, we're coming for you. We're going to take your AR-15s because they are so used to us being so used to losing. They don't want us to ever feel comfortable that we might actually win. I'm going to get into that more in the second part of the podcast and go over for you so that you can hear it and know it exactly where we are winning and why the left is so terrified and why the left is so happy to be honest about how frightened they are by coming out and being so extreme. You see it more and more as you look at the contenders for the presidency on the left. Every day they are more extreme than they were the day before. And you'll notice that those who are starting to wane, those who are now down in the numbers, Kamala Harris, for example, Beto O'Rourke, for example, Buttigieg, that nutcase, for example, the lower they get in the polls, the more extreme they become. The more Donald Trump is winning, the more 
gun owners are winning, the more extreme the opponents become. We've got to finally get a grip on that. Let me give you an example of why we're winning and where, and I'm going to give you that in just a minute. Now, I'm very long in this segment. I apologize for that, but I do want to mention one company that has supported me for a very, very long time, and that is Second Call Defense. If you happen to have to defend yourself, God forbid, and you use a firearm to do it, they're going to pay for an attorney to defend you in criminal court, an attorney to defend you in civil court. There's a lot of different things they're going to back you up with, plus they're providing you with an attorney 24 7 365 so that when this happens in the middle of the night you're not without some representation i've had an account which i pay for uh, with second call defense for years at this point because i found for me they were the best choice of the ones that were out there i still think they are so along the way we became an affiliate of second call defense if you have an interest in using them as your concealed carry coverage I urge you to use our link to do it because that way Gun Guy TV gets a little marketing fee if you do. You'll find a link for Second Call Defense in the description. You'll also find a link for them on our website at gunguy.tv. The opinions expressed by the Gun Guy are always right, unless they're wrong. A moment ago, I mentioned to you that there was an area in which we were winning you may be unaware of, or maybe you missed. So I'm going to point it out to you just in case. And I'm going to play just a small quote from Representative Chip Roy here in a second, just in case you missed it, because I thought this was incredible. As you are I'm no doubt aware, I think everybody is at this point, the NRA has had an internal struggle that's been going on for a while, and a lot of folks have been calling for Wayne LaPierre's resignation or removal. I am one of them. I'm strongly of the opinion that the old guard at NRA needs to take a hike because although they've done some great work in the past, there's obvious corruption there, and it needs to be removed. And until the cancer is removed from NRA, I don't know how successful they're going to be in the future. However, the idea that if the NRA is not able to do the job, we're going to lose our gun rights, I think is absolutely absurd. It's a fear tactic for fear funding that's been used a long, long, long time. It's not the National Rifle Association that scares the tar out of politicians. It's America's 100 million gun owners. That's who it is. It's not The NRA is nothing without 5 million members. All it is is a group of guys sitting around in a boardroom trying to figure out how they're going to pay for their coffee and their lunch. Without the members, NRA is nothing. Now, I'm not picking on NRA. I'm a life member of NRA. I'm grateful to be. I'm proud to be a member. And my hope is that NRA can get their stuff together and Wayne can move on and we can get the thing going again so that it can become, again, the powerful organization it has been in my lifetime and, and which I hope it stays. However, I want you to hear something that Representative Chip Roy said. Listen to this. And I don't represent the NRA. I don't represent Gun Owners of America. I don't represent any constituency other than the 800,000 plus people that elected me to come here. Notice that he said he was not there representing the National Rifle Association, that he was not there representing Gun Owners of America. Yeah, well, what does that tell you? I'll tell you what it told me. 
It told me that Gun Owners of America, with two million members, has become quite the arm-twisting organization, and these politicians are as afraid of GOA as they are of NRA, and they darn well ought to be, because it's the American gun owner that matters, not the organization that they support that helps them stay organized and focused. A lot of folks have left NRA and joined GOA. Now, just so you know, I, I said I'm a life member of the National Rifle Association. I am also a life member of Gun Owners of America. I have been for many years a recruiter for the National Rifle Association. In fact, for a few years, I was among the top 10 instructor recruiters for NRA. They even sent me an award and a plaque. And if you look up my name and instructor recruiters on the, and Google it, you will find that I was in the top 10 more than once. I go out of my way to try to support firearms organizations. Well, I would love to be recruiting for NRA right now, but I have no idea what NRA does with the money when it gets there, and I don't want to pay for $20,000 suits for Wayne LaPierre. So I don't, I don't recruit for NRA anymore. What I've done is I've shifted my recruiting effort to GOA. Why? Because Gun Owners of America terrifies the tar out of politicians, and it's obvious because Chip Roy mentioned it. So if you're concerned that NRA is wavering, I think that's a valid concern, and I'm concerned about it too, but I want to let you know it's not about NRA. It's about you. It's not about GOA. It's about you. It's not about any of these organizations. It's about you, the American gun owner. Without the American gun owner being involved, none of these organizations would have the capability of accomplishing anything, and none of them, frankly, would exist in the first place. So if you're concerned about NRA, I get it. I would encourage you to at least maintain your membership if you already have one, but shift your focus and your giving over to GOA because they're twisting arms and wringing hands and making an impression on Capitol Hill, and that's exactly what we need them to be doing. And they are. We're winning. We can't be chicken little. We have to recognize the win when we see it. We have to know that we're moving the ball down the field when it happens. And when we receive a, a, a loss, when we lose some yardage, we have to get back in the huddle, get back in the scrimmage, and gain that back and take more. That's how we're going to win, and that is how we're winning. We're in the right place at the right time with the right people to get this done. Don't lose heart. Well, that about wraps up this part of the podcast. The next part is not syndicated. You actually have to be on Patreon to listen to it. So if you're on Patreon, stick with me. We'll get into that. We're going to talk about some areas where we are winning and why I think it's important that we focus on winning, and I will give you the details of what we're winning and how in the next part of the podcast. If you're listening to the syndicated version, I really appreciate everything you do for Gun Guy TV. Thank you very much. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening, and wherever you go, whatever you do, be safe. You've been listening to the Gun Guy TV podcast. 